Lord, we make this a prayer this morning. I have, I have all these prayer cards in my hand, and Lord, there are people all over this room that have needs. Lord, in the Old Testament, you had the worshipers go first and then the warriors, and we have worshiped you. And now, Lord, I pray that you would make war on our behalf. So I pray, Lord, for every need in this room, every physical need, Lord, would you be a healer. Every relational need, Lord, would you restore. Every financial need, Lord, would you provide. We put these all in your hands because we know, Lord, that you are capable and able. I also pray, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would change our hearts and start with mine. We don't want to leave you the same way we got here, so make us more like you. your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. like I'm hurting your resale value. I'm sorry. See? Like that. How many of you have ever said something in anger that later on you regret it? Go ahead and raise your hand. How many of you have ever done something in anger that later on you regret it? Raise your hand. How many of you are mad that I'm asking such personal questions and making you raise your hand? Okay. So, so why, do, why, do we, why do we get so angry? Right? You, you can say, well, it's because I'm Latino and we're passionate people, right? I had a guy say, it's just my Irish temper. 
I'm not angry, I'm Italian, right? So we can, we can definitely blame it on that, but where do these emotions come from? I believe we feel these things because the Bible says God feels them. In John 3, 16, the Bible says God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So we see that God feels love. Exodus tells us God is talking. He says, I, your Lord, am a jealous God. So we know God feels jealousy throughout the Bible. We see uh, different references to the anger of the Lord. And so I think we feel these things because we're made in God's image and we feel these emotions too. And we can't help what we feel, at least initially. When we feel an emotion, we have very little control over what we feel, but it's what we do with what we feel that sometimes gets us into trouble. So we're gonna see, we're gonna look at the Bible and we're gonna see that, that God holds us responsible for all of our actions, even what we do with our emotions. So we're gonna look at a common practice in the Bible, something that we see introduced in the Old Testament, and we're gonna look at how God felt about it, all right? The practice is tearing your clothes. So the message, when someone in the Bible tore their clothes, what they were saying was, this is representative that my heart is torn or my heart is breaking. And so when someone died, we would see this happen a lot. It, It represented serious mourning. They would rip their clothes, They would throw dirt on themselves. They would sit in ashes. Uh, Sometimes they would beat their fist on their chest just to all show that they were grieving and in mourning. So uh, several years ago, Diane and I lived in Sumter, South Carolina, and we were on staff at a church. And I attended a funeral, and this was the first time I'd ever been to a black church. And if you've never been to a black church, you should go to a black church at least once in your life. It's a whole cultural experience. I had a blast. But anyway, um, I was at a funeral, and during the middle of the funeral, a lady stood up, And she screamed, I can't believe he's gone. And then she fainted in the aisle. And I thought, we got to call 911. You know what I mean? Like, this lady just fainted. And a few people fanned her, and she sat back up, and then it was like nothing happened. And I was like, okay. So then a a few minutes later, another lady stood up. Ah, she screamed. She fainted. And this just kind of went on and on. And that was in their culture, how they represented how much they were going to miss this person by fainting at their funeral. So I thought, you know, um, when I die... I want that. I want a couple people fainting. I want some people freaking out, tearing their clothes, throwing dirt on themselves. That'd be nice. Um, If someone would try and climb in the coffin, I'd appreciate it. You know what I mean? Uh, I want it to be a big deal. So anyway, so, so tearing your clothes was a common practice in the Bible. And so another way to say it was tearing your clothes was the practice of the common man. But let's look at what God thinks about it when the priests do it, right? So there's the common man, and then we had the priests, and their job was to stand between the people and God and make sacrifices for the sins of the people. So let's see what God says about tearing your clothes to the priest. The high priest, the one among his brothers who has had the anointing oil poured out on his head and who has been ordained to wear the priestly garments, must not let his hair become unkempt or tear his clothes. So God is saying the priest cannot tear his clothes. Now, did God understand Jewish culture, Jewish customs? Yes. Does God, is this, is this a command or a suggestion? It's a command, right? So God is telling the Jewish priests, you cannot tear your clothes. So we're going to look at another scripture that gives us a little more insight in this. There's this priest, his name is Aaron, and he had two sons, Nadab and Abihu, and his sons were not followers of God, you could say. They just helped their dad out in the temple. And so uh, one day they bring in 
it, there was a system for lighting fire in the temple. And Nadab and Abihu said, we're not going to do all that, too much hassle. We're going to bring in our own fire. So they brought in what the Bible calls strange fire. And when they did that, it was prohibited to do that. And Bible scholars believe they might have been drunk when they did it, making a joke out of it. Uh, God became so angry, he killed them. We see, the Bible says fire came from the Lord and killed Nadab and Abihu. And so look what God is saying through Moses to the priest Aaron, whose sons were just killed. Look what he says. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, do not let your hair become unkempt and do not tear your clothes or you will die. The Lord will be angry with the whole community, but your relatives, all the Israelites, may mourn for those the Lord has destroyed by fire. So God's speaking through Moses to Aaron, and he says, your relatives can mourn, the common people can mourn, they can tear their clothes, but you better not, Aaron, because if you do, you'll die. Now, if you just read this on the surface, it seems like God is mean. You know what I mean? Like, this poor guy, his son's just died, he can't mourn. He can, he can mourn later, he can tear his clothes later, but right now, his job as priest supersedes his role as grieving father. So what he's, the role that he plays is more important than him just being a father. Because again, that was the custom of the common man. So can you see that if a priest tore his clothing, it was serious business, like he would die, right? So why can't they do it? The priest couldn't tear their clothing, because that was the practice of the common man. In other words, God wanted the priest to be different. I don't want you to do things like everyone else. I don't want you to live like anyone else. I want you to be different because I have chosen you and set you apart. So God wanted the priest to be different. If for some reason a priest tore his clothes, he had sinned. So there was a process where he could be forgiven, but it would take a day and he would have to sacrifice a bull to be forgiven, okay? So with that picture in mind, priests can't tear their clothes. Look at your neighbor and say, the priest can't tear their clothes. Go ahead and say that. We're gonna look at the book of Mark, and we're gonna look at Jesus on trial, okay? So Jesus is on trial in the book of Mark. Watch what happens. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he's asked. You have all heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. So the priest does the one thing he's not supposed to do. He loses control of his emotions and he tears his clothes. The, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, I think does a good job of of illustrating this moment. Thank 
So you saw in a moment of great emotion, the guy lost control and he tears his clothes. Now every word in the Bible has an assignment. Everything is there for a reason and a purpose. And one reason is to teach us today. And so this high priest tearing his clothes, he has sinned. Caiaphas has sinned, so he's no longer the high priest of Israel until he gets his sin dealt with. That means that in this moment, there, Israel has no high priest. So who's gonna stand between the people and God now to ask the people, to ask God for forgiveness of their sins. Hebrews tells us, we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. So Jesus becomes high priest because Caiaphas has excused himself, and Jesus also becomes the sacrifice. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that incredible? That God had everything so perfectly orchestrated that Caiaphas got out of the way and Jesus now stands as high priest between God and his people. All right? So now what we see happen on the cross makes a little more sense. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot or by gambling who would get it. So even on the cross, Jesus' garments are not torn because he's the perfect high priest. So he dies, sacrifices himself for the forgiveness of our sins, then he ascends into heaven. So, Angel, this is really interesting, but what does this have to be, do with me today in 2023? I'm glad you asked me that because I'm about to tell you, all right? Caiaphas, who's our high priest now? Caiaphas gave the job away, right? He tore his clothes, gave the job away. Jesus never tore his clothes, but he ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So who is our high priest now? It's probably the pastor. That makes sense. Angel, don't tear your clothes or we'll be in trouble. All right? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What if I said, it's you? Look at what Peter says. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So Caiaphas tears his garments, gives it to Jesus. Jesus fulfills his role as our high priest, ascends into heaven. So now it's you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, it's you. Go ahead. So don't tear your clothes, tell them. So what does it mean to tear your clothes? Is it this simple? Does it mean that Hulk Hogan can now never be the high priest because he's tearing his clothes? Mm, it's not quite that simple. The way we tear our clothes today in 2023 is when we, the, the, the issue was not the ripping of the clothes for the high priest, although that was a problem because that represented his role. The issue was he was losing control. That was the problem. God says, I do, not, I do not want you ever to lose control of your emotions. You always stay in control because you have my Holy Spirit to help you. So there's no excuse for you to lose control. So how do we lose control today? Well, oftentimes it's anger. We get angry and we lose control and we let our words fly. Why did those ladies in that parking lot get so angry with each other? Because the one bumped her door and didn't say sorry. 
That was it. You know what? There's one word that explains every reason you ever get angry. It's injustice. When you see an injustice happen, you say, that's wrong. That's wrong. I'm mad. Somebody needs to do something about that. Like, you're, you're driving along, minding your own business, and someone cuts you off. Why do you get so, what do you do? Do you say, oh, praise the Lord. They're probably in a hurry. Just let them go. It's fine. Yeah, I'm, do you do that? Or do you go, oh, they didn't even signal. Now I'm angry because what they did was wrong, right? And so they've got to pay now. You know, I had, I had someone, I, I can't tell you how many people have told me this. I can't put a mosaic cross on my car because of the way I drive. <laughs> I actually had someone on 35th Avenue in front of Burger King cut me off and they had a mosaic cross on their car. It was a tan Hyundai. <laughs> anyway, when people do that, we get upset because an injustice, why do you get mad when a child is harmed? Because an injustice has happened and somebody has to pay. So there's nothing wrong with feeling angry and seeing an injustice, but it's what we do with that anger that causes the problem. Look what Ephesians says. In your anger, do not sin. He didn't say don't get angry, did he? He says when you get angry, don't sin. You have a decision to make in that moment. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. When something happens that gets us angry, it's normal. But when we, but the Bible's telling us just don't sin and don't carry it because if you carry it, it becomes bitterness. So when my kids were little, we would take them someplace like the zoo and we'd be walking around and inevitably one of them would say, Dad, I'm tired. My feet hurt. Can you carry me? And I would say, no, you weigh 40 pounds. Your feet don't hurt. I weigh 200 pounds more than you. My feet hurt. You carry me, right? And so I would, and, and there was no way that they could make me carry them until Diane gave me the look. You know what I mean? She'd be like, okay. So then what I would have to do is get down low and give them a foothold, a way to climb up on me, and then they could hold on while I carried them. And then I was even more miserable than before. The Bible is saying, when we become angry, we are in danger of giving the enemy a foothold in our lives. And it's up to us to decide, are we gonna do that or are we gonna avoid it? Because once he gets on, it's hard to shake him off. So let me give you a couple of ways that we do this, all right? Uh, two ways we tear our clothes. Number one, we quickly explode. So I grew up watching The Incredible Hulk. Does anybody remember the old school Incredible Hulk, like Lou Ferrigno and his cheap wig and all that? He used to say, don't get me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard someone say that? I'm like, I don't like you now. But anyway, <laughs> it's nothing to do with anything, sorry. But if you got him angry, he would explode and he would smash things and smash people kind of like this. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that.
puny god. If you've ever exploded, you might be this kind of person. If you've ever embarrassed your kids because you got so angry, you might be this. If you've ever gone to a fast food restaurant and got mad at the 16-year-old employee because they gave you a chalupa instead of your quesadilla with extra cheese, you might be this kind of... If you've ever been on the phone with someone who's some poor guy working in some call center in India who says his name's Robert, but you know his name's not really Robert, and you've gotten so mad at him, you said, dude, I will fly to India and I will find your house if you do not fix my cell phone bill. Like, if you've ever done that, you might be a... Uh, okay, so just point at him if I'm talking. I'm just kidding, don't point at anybody because they'll get mad and they'll explode and we don't need that kind of drama right now, all right? If you've ever been driving along, just minding your own business, listening to there's honey in the rock and you're just like enjoying life and someone cuts you off and you go from honey in the rock to I'm going to kill you in two seconds, you might have this problem, all right? We, when, we, now I, when we explode, there's probably good reason. You probably got mad for some righteous thing, but it's how you're handling it that's the problem. And the problem when something explodes is everyone around you is hurt. Everyone around you is injured. And so what people start doing is they start keeping information from you so that they can keep you from exploding. And that is no way to live for you or for them. So what do we do instead of this moment of just, right? What do we do? Philippians tells us, do not be anxious or angry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We do this. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, instead of blowing up on someone, on some 15-year-old fast food working girl, working her first job, Instead of, plus they'll spit in your food. Like, let's be honest. You know what I mean? Don't be that guy. Don't ever send it back. Just, it's fine. Okay, anyway. Instead of that, take it straight to God in everything. By prayer, another pray and give it to God. And the peace of God. Because that's what you really need. It's peace. If I could pray any one thing for you as your pastor, it would be peace. Peace with God. Peace with each other. That's what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, peace with God and peace with your neighbor. There's a third one, though. You know what it is? Peace with yourself. Looking in the mirror and loving that person and forgiving that person and for accepting that person and looking at that person and saying, you're enough. You don't have to do anything else. You are enough. The second way we do this is we slowly simmer. It's like stew. Slowly starts boiling and simmering. And when things simmer for a long time, the, the ingredients start to change. And I love that about cooking. I love watching stuff simmer. But, but in our hearts, it's negative. Because anger simmers and changes into bitterness. This is not going to bed angry for one night. This is going to bed angry for 10 years. 
upset and angry and bitter at the years of injustice that you have had to deal with. So we start saying things like, why did my life turn out like this? Why did she get what she wanted, but I didn't get what I wanted? It's not right, it's not fair. I'll never forgive that person for the way they hurt me. I'll never forgive that person for what they did to my family. It's not right that other people get what they're working towards, but I don't. I work hard at work and other people get breaks and all I ever get is a short end of the stick. That stew is bitterness. And if you've ever been around someone that's bitter, one of the things you figure out quickly is people avoid that person. That's no way to live either. Because nobody wants to be around that kind of negativity. This bitter stew is slowly killing us inside. So there were some doctors in Coral Gables, Florida that they got 18 men who were dealing with early onset um, heart disease. So they had very early heart disease. And so what they did is they wanted to stress their hearts and see kind of how the stress affected their hearts. So they had them do some exercise on an exercise bike and they gauged how, how much strain that put on their hearts. And then they had them do some mental exercises. So they said, uh, we're gonna have you do some math problems in your head and then they measured the effect on their heart. They had them each give a speech, which is often very stressful for people. They measured the effect on their heart. And then the last thing they asked them, is they, they said, think of something that happened to you that made you really angry. And they had the men just sit there and of all things, had the worst effect on their hearts than anything else. Sitting there and just thinking about that bitterness, reliving that moment where they were just upset and angry was slowly killing their hearts. And it's killing yours too. Slowly, we're killing our hearts when we lick those wounds and we think about it and we sit in it and we simmer it. It's, it's I wanna invite you to something better. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your bitterness to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let me finish with this. Pastor Stanley Green shared this story of a, of a mother in post-apartheid South Africa. And if you're not familiar with Apartheid in South Africa, it was essentially uh, what, the, what the United States was during the years of slavery. And so the, uh, here in the United States, African-Americans were treated very badly in South Africa. Black South Africans were treated terribly. White South Africans had all the power. But once apartheid ended, all of that changed. And now there was this officer on trial. His name was Officer Vanderbrook. And he was on trial for taking this woman's son she happened to be a black woman. He took, her, he took him from her house, him and a bunch of other officers, took him out into a field. They shot him, and then they burned his body. And that was, they had the power to do that. Then a few months later, they came and took her husband. Only this time, they took the mom too. And they took him out into a field. They poured gasoline on him, and they burned him alive and made her watch. The last thing he told her was forgive them. So now this officer is on trial. He's been found guilty of these two murders. And the judge asked this woman, who's now elderly, she can barely see. He says, what do you want? What do you want to have happen to this officer? And she says, I want three things. Number one, she says, I want Mr. Vanderbrick to take me to the place where he burned my, body, my husband's body. I want to gather up the dust there and give him a proper burial. She said, number two, Mr. Vanderbrook took all my family away from me. 
And I still have a lot of love to give. So twice a month, I would like for him to come to my home and spend the day with me so I can love him like a mother should. And number three, she says, I would like him to know that he is forgiven by God and that I have forgiven him also. So I would like someone to lead me to him so I can wrap my arms around him and show him that my forgiveness is real. He said while she was walking over, where they were leading her over, the entire room started to sing Amazing Grace and he fainted. Because that level of peace is so uncommon, right? That level, she, she, she could have easily said, I want him to pay and none of us would have blamed her. But God offers a better way. He says, present it all to me and my peace, which transcends all understanding. If there's ever peace that transcends all understanding, it's that. I will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. So I want to pray. We're going to pray that whatever is maybe making you bitter or making you explode, we're going to give that to God. I want to encourage you. The priests couldn't tear their clothes because that was a practice of the common man. We cannot tear our clothes because God has called us to be different. But he's also given us the power through the Holy Spirit to live different. Let's pray. Father, you know every situation in this room. You know the, the things that make us explode. And you know the things that have been simmering in some of our hearts for years and are making us bitter. Today, Lord, we choose to give it to you. We don't want to carry this around anymore. We choose peace. And I pray, Father, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that peace which transcends all understanding will fill the heart of every one of your people here and joining us online, will guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. We put it all, all our faith and trust in you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus with us? And I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. The whole reason Mosaic exists is to connect G people to life in Jesus and help them grow in their faith. So maybe you're listening this morning and you're thinking, that's me. I'm that person who has anger and bitterness and I don't want to live this way anymore. Well, step one is to accept Jesus in your life and make that decision to start living a different life with Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to say this prayer today. And if, if you would repeat these words after me, there's nothing special about the words. It's about your heart behind them. So will everyone close your eyes, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me for every evil thing I've ever done. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Today I make a promise to follow you. I make you Lord of my life. Please help me to be more like you. Amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time or with any sort of conviction in your heart, we want to say welcome and congratulations you can be seated so if you would wouldn't mind taking your phone out and scanning that qr code we just want to send you some reading materials and help you along in this new journey 
We want to walk alongside you and support you. If this is your first time at Mosaic, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. We want to introduce ourselves with just an email. If you've been coming to Mosaic for a little bit and you haven't filled out this uh, form, we would love to just introduce ourselves and tell you a little bit more about our community. So take your phone out, scan the QR code. There's also QR codes on the back of the chairs in front of you. We just want to get to know you and welcome you to, to Mosaic. We have two things coming up this week that are intended to help you rejuvenate and grow in your faith. And the first one is tonight. It's the last Sunday of every single month at 7 p.m. and it is worship night. And worship night is an hour of worship where you can come and sit and give thanks and just be in the presence of God with other people from Mosaic. So that's the first one. Our second one is Saturday prayer. And that's the first Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. here at Mosaic. And I remember when I first came, like I was thinking about going for the first time and I'm like, I don't know, I'm kind of stressed. Like it takes a lot for me to pray for like three minutes at home. So a whole hour, like what am I gonna say? And when I came, you know, they walk you through it. And so it's, it goes by fast because not only are you, you know, with other people and, and enjoying yourself, but you're also just rejuvenating your spirit and your soul. So tonight, 7 p.m. worship night, this Saturday, 9 a.m. prayer. You guys gotta come. So Mosaic, this is our last form of worship and that is our tithes and our offering. And I love this community. I love Mosaic because of how generous Mosaic is as a church. Not only does Mosaic tithe and, and give to things here in Greeley and Evans and our community, but also beyond. But also because of everyone in this room who I spend time with. I go out to eat with my friends at Mosaic and not only are they generous with like you know, their, their spirits here at Mosaic, but also like tipping waitresses. I'm like, dang, you're doing 30%? Okay. <laughs> so if you feel so inclined, we have four ways to give on the screen. I'm gonna say a prayer for our offering and to dismiss us. If you would like additional prayer, we have an amazing prayer team. They'll be up here at the front and they'd be willing to pray for you over anything going on in your life or with any anything else that you need. So. If you would close your eyes and pray with me, God, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing everyone here this morning safely. God, we pray for peace in our homes and over everyone as they leave this week. Thank you for this offering. We pray that you extend it not only here in Greeley and Evans, but beyond. Bless those who are able to give today and bless those who are not. God, would you give us the spirit of generosity? And God, throughout this week, we know that there are things that we are going to face times when our anger is taking over, when our emotions are about to take control, and would you just remind us to not tear our clothes? Would you remind me not to tear our clothes and to live a life that you intend for us? Would you give us the peace that transcends all understanding this week until we see each other again? Amen. Mosaic, have a great rest of your week. We love you.